0: Let's turn again to the book of Genesis. We will be looking at the second half, more or less, of chapter 24, Genesis 24. Verse 28. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. Rebecca had a brother whose name was Laban. Laban ran out toward the man to the spring. As soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms... And heard the words of Rebekah, his sister. Thus the man spoke to me. He went to the man. And behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring. He said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house and "'unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. "'There was water to wash his feet "'and the feet of the men who were with him. "'Then food was set before him to eat. "'But he said, I will not eat until I have said "'what I have to say.' "'He said, speak on.' "'So he said, I am Abraham's servant. "'The Lord has greatly blessed my master "'and he has become great.' He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old. And to him he has given all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. But you shall go to my father's house and to my clan and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, the Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and prosper your way. You shall take a wife for my son from my clan and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath. When you come to my clan, and if they will not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you are prospering the way that I go, behold, I am standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin who comes out to draw water, to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebecca came out with her water jar on her shoulders. And went down to the spring and drew water. And I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, I will give your camels drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels drink also. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms, and I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham. had led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you are going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you, bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go. and Let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the earth before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and gold and garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they arose in the morning, he said, "'Send me away to my master.' Her brother and her mother said, "'Let the young woman remain with us a while, "'at least ten days. "'After that, she may go.' But he said to them, "'Do not delay me, since the Lord has prospered my way.' Send me away that I may go to my master. They said, let us call the young woman and ask her. They called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I will go. So they sent away Rebecca and her, uh, excuse me, they sent away Rebecca, their sister and her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, Our sister, may you become thousands of ten thousands, and may your offspring possess the gate of those who hate him. Then Rebekah and her young women arose and rode on the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had returned from Bir Lahai Roy and was dwelling in the Negev, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, there were camels coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel and said to the servant, who is that man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said, it is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebekah, And she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. the reading of God's holy word. A sweet uh, passage of scripture, is that not? We left off last week when Abraham's servant was uh, in the middle of this journey. He had just found Rebekah, and what, a, what an incredible meeting that was. God's providence was unfolding just incredibly, just beautifully. remember the servant prayed that the Lord would show him the right woman so that she would give him a drink of water and offer to water the camels as well, which was, of course, a huge task that would take so much effort and so much uh, self-sacrifice that would be a a real demonstration of uh, humble, godly character. But before he even finished praying... A silent prayer. Rebecca arrived. She appeared there and she did all those things that this man prayed for and just seemed to do them all with a smile. She seemed very cheerful in carrying out these um, works of service. When she told him who she was, that she was the granddaughter of Abraham's brother, the servant knew that God had provided a wonderful wife for his master Isaac. We're looking at the rest of this chapter, and the last thing we saw uh, in verse 27 was Rebekah hearing this servant uh, praying and praising God for leading him uh, to her, uh, for God providing her like this. And She heard a familiar name as he was doing this, as he was praying and praising. He was praising the God of Abraham. Of course, Abraham was her uncle, her great-uncle. So she must have been startled, must have been amazed by this. Maybe she's starting to recognize God's providence in all of this. Maybe she fully recognized it. We're not really told yet, but... At least she had to know something incredible was happening, something just extraordinary. She ran home to tell her family these things. And the first family member that we we see here is Laban. This is the same Laban who is uh, such a rascal that we see later deceiving Jacob when uh, he wanted Rachel for his wife we're already getting an early glimpse of this man and his character here in verse 30 we're told as soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and he heard the words of Rebecca saying thus the man spoke to me he went to the man and he said come in Oh, blessed of the Lord. We've got a little hint there in that passage that this isn't just good old hospitality. Laban took one look at the gold and the jewels and uh, this jewelry that his sister was wearing, and he, uh, his eyes got big. He hurried out to meet this man. Laban was greedy. We'll see that later. Greed was what motivated him, and he just seems to fall all over. Servant of Abraham. This scene kind of reminds me of James 2, where James writes, My brothers, do not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man also comes in wearing shabby clothes. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes, and say, here's a good seat for you. You say to the poor man, you stand there. Or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated and become judges with evil thoughts? Well, The situation is a little different here, but Laban is thinking, it seems, with those same kinds of evil thoughts. He's greedy. He is kind of a money-grubbing guy. You get the sense of that already here in this very first encounter with him. And that'll be confirmed later. But Laban sets a nice meal before this servant, but uh, the servant's all business. Before he would eat a bite, he wants this family to know that he's here on serious business, and it's God's business. Says, I will not eat until I tell you what I have to say. And he went on and told them everything. That's really the bulk of the passage is him recounting, uh, blow by blow, the story of his mission uh, from start to finish, beginning with Abraham's charge to him, all the way up to this incredible meeting with Rebecca at the well he repeats all the details. Why do that? It seems he wants to impress on this family, uh, Laban and the rest of the family, wants to impress upon them how this is God's providence. God's providence has brought about all these things and this meeting. It isn't coincidence. It isn't chance. It is the Lord. He wants them to see that. He wants to convince them so that they will get on board and let Rebecca go with him to go marry Isaac. And the servant wastes no time. Uh, after telling the story, he gets right to it and he makes the request. He says, Now, if you're going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me. Gets right to the chase. He's all business. He's not rude, but he's, he's serious. This is, this is God's mission that he's on. And uh, he doesn't want to be trifled with. We see God's providence unfolding again. Uh, as this family As listened to all this, and as they answer, Rebekah's family were convinced by what he said. Verse 50, they agreed immediately. It wasn't a a night to sleep on it or anything like that. They just were completely bowled over by this story. And they agreed. Laban and Bethuel answered, and they said, this is from the Lord. And they said, here is Rebekah. Take her and go. Let her become the wife of your master. Basically said, how how can we say no to this? This is so clear. This is of the Lord. God's hand is so clearly in this. Such a beautiful thing to see how God's providence unfolded like this. Every step of the way, and even in this, now God opens this door. They just... Completely agreed. At every step, God is opening the door to show Himself faithful to make the servant's mission a success. And the servant knows it. The servant knows it. And so, what does He do? He bows down and He acknowledges the Lord. He worships, He gives thanks to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? clearly knows that thanks are due to God we ought to do likewise in our lives we ought to pause from time to time to appreciate God's good providence in our lives we got to stop and give thanks to him for the way his providence is unfolding in our lives Stop and thank Him. Stop and give thanks to God for answered prayer. I wonder how often we do that. We're very quick to offer prayer. Uh, at least I know I am. But what about stopping to really praise God and thank Him for answers to prayer? Even if they may not be what you expected, the Lord answers prayer. And He uses prayer. And we see this in our passage He uses prayer as part of his plan for unfolding his providence. We see prayer as an instrument that he uses to bring about his providence, to bring it to pass. And he wants it to be that way. He wants us to be praying people, looking to him, seeking him. And he brings his good providences about in our lives, but not apart from our praying. It's one reason we ought to be praying people. and We ought to be very encouraged to pray. Remember, prayer is an instrument that God uses. It's an instrument of his blessing, of his unfolding providence. And remember also to praise him for his providences and answered prayers, even when they sometimes don't seem good. Sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Sometimes uh, his providence uh, seems to be frowning, a frowning providence, like the hymn says. That's hard. But by faith, we can thank God anyway. We can praise him anyway, because he is working out his good purposes. Even if it means we have to go through some things that we wouldn't like to. Suffering. Keep praying, keep trusting him, keep worshiping him by faith. So, the men of the house here agreed that Rebecca would be Isaac's wife, and uh, then it's celebration time. They seem to have a little uh, time of celebration, they bring out expensive gifts gold, silver, jewelry clothing for Rebecca and other costly gifts for the family but the next day the servant woke up and again he is back to business he is focused (laughs) he immediately wants to leave with Rebecca he says send me on my way verse 55 says but her brother and mother replied no let the girl remain with us at least 10 days. They tried to delay the departure. And of course, you can see why. This is like the other side of the world uh, from where they're about to head to. They're about to say goodbye to Rebecca, and she's going to say goodbye to her family forever. They won't see her again. So you can see why they want to spend a little more time with her. But on the other hand, you have to love the servant's urgency in this matter. He is serious. Remember this is not uh, this is not a, a light matter his coming on that mission. This is about god's covenant. Laban and the family have already recognized and agreed that God's hand was in this. This was the Lord. And this was God's will for their daughter's life. But now they want to delay. They want to delay doing God's will. When we know that we, what we need to do, we need to do it. When we know what God calls us to do we need to obey him and not delay remember Abraham was like that when he was called to sacrifice Isaac he was quick to get on with it he was prompt in his obedience he got up early the next day and he prepared to go and there was no delaying was immediate obedience. And that's beautiful. The servant shows the same kind of uh, urgency. He's prompt to obey. He wants to get right back to his master. This is good for us to think about. Prompt obedience is what we should have in our lives. May God's spirit impress that on all our hearts, the need to quickly do his will, when we know what it is. And we see that in uh, Rebecca here as well, that same promptness to obey. They said, let's call the girl and ask her what she wants to do. And they did. They called her and said, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. Nothing at all about staying. Nothing at all about delaying at all. Even for a day or two, she just said, I will go. I'm ready to go right now. family probably thought she'd agree with them and want to hang around a while, but surely part of her did want to do that, but there's no hint away from her. She is just ready to obey. I will go. She believed that this was God's will, For her at this point, whatever her faith was like prior to this, she's showing the beginnings of faith in the Lord and obedience to the Lord. She's trusting God and she's ready to do his will without delay. And then they depart. We see their departure. They sent Rebekah on her way, along with the nurse and Abraham's servant and his men, and they blessed her. And they said to her this beautiful blessing They said, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands, and may your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. should sound a little familiar. It's so similar to the blessing that God gave to Abraham after he nearly slew his son and offered him as a burnt offering. You remember, God swore by himself and he said, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky... And as the sand on the seashore, and he said, your descendants will take possession of the gates of their enemies. So similar. Now, to Rebecca's family, this might not have, um, uh, they might not have even known what they were saying. They might, this might have just been kind of a conventional blessing. But it's far from. Just a ho-hum conventional blessing. This is what God has promised to do. He is literally going to bring these things to pass. This is God's covenant blessing that comes out of their mouths. He's been promising these things all along. This is the the promise of the godly line that uh, God made way back in the garden to Adam and Eve and Isaac and Rebecca are going to now be part of that godly line and they're going to carry it forward that's what Isaac's marriage is all about and that's what this blessing is speaking of ultimately you know where that's going right? right? Ultimately, it is all about God's provision of the Savior, the promised Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, promising him to send him into the world to save sinners. Well, finally, then, after this long journey back to Canaan, they made it, they arrived. Again, we're probably talking about Couple months or so. Isaac was out in the field, we're told. He was meditating in the evening, probably having a really nice night. And he looked up and he saw, probably on the horizon, camels approaching. And then Rebecca, up on one of the camels, saw Isaac approaching. And she asked who he was, asked the servant. She was told that it was Isaac. So she got down. She put on a veil to identify herself as his bride. And then they met. And first the servant told Isaac everything. Probably had a great time telling the story of all that they'd been through and how God had worked, how God's providence unfolded so beautifully. And Isaac got to hear all of this. He must have been thrilled. <laughs> he must have been amazed to hear how the Lord had done this. And how, uh, I bet he was probably thrilled to hear the story of how Rebecca watered all those camels. This just must have been a, a very sweet moment. Probably one of the happiest moments in his life to, to receive his beautiful bride that memorable night. And to hear how God did this, how God brought it about. Truly a match made in heaven, and they knew it. And verse 67 says, Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and he married Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Isaac bringing Rebecca into his mother's tent. Scholars say this has the, the sense of her taking the place of his mother as the matriarch. She's taking Sarah's place. And of course we see that Isaac genuinely was head over heels for his bride. He loved her. Their marriage was a beautiful A beautiful picture, of course, of Christ's love for the church. And how fitting, how fitting that is because God was going to use their marriage to bring Christ into the world so he could save his bride, the church. Also, in this passage, we see Some very uh, wonderful things here. We see the story of a number of people who learned to follow the Lord with uncompromising commitment. They learned to trust Him to provide their needs. We have to ask ourselves is that how we're living? Have you purposed to follow the Lord and to humbly obey his revealed will? Is that your life? Are you committed to obeying him promptly, with urgency, like we see in these examples? Do you trust him to supply all that you need are you depending on him in prayer and then watching expectantly for him to answer his prayer, your prayer, and to bring his purposes to pass? You take time to praise him and to thank him for being your God, and for loving you and taking care of you so well, working out his providence so beautifully in your life. Most importantly, though, do you thank him and praise him for keeping his promise, his old, old promise that's being carried along and moved forward here in this passage? And he's showing his faithfulness in doing so in such remarkable ways here in this story. But it's really all leading up to him bringing the Lord Jesus Christ, into the world and sending him to the cross to be our sacrificial lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world, for our sins. That's ultimately how God has provided. He has provided our greatest needs of all in Christ. He's so faithful, so good, so worthy of our trust. So entrust yourself to him completely and give him thanks and praise always in all circumstances. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, we praise you for... uh, the beauty of your providence. And we praise you, especially for the way you have unfolded your providence in history by providing the Lord Jesus, our Savior. Lord, we pray that you would give us faith, cause us to be filled with faith in him and make us quick to obey uh, him. Pray that we would love you, having seen the great love with which you loved us in Christ, especially Christ in him crucified. We pray that that sight of your love for us would motivate us to lovingly obey you and promptly We know your will is altogether good, Lord. You are good and you are glorious and altogether lovely to your people who know you. We Pray that you would cause us to think on those things often and to pause to praise you and give you thanks for your wonderful works, your works on behalf of your people and the wonderful ways you're working your providences out in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. We pray these things in your Son's mighty and precious name, in Jesus' name.